0: This is the true story. True story. Seven strangers. (laughs) All right, all right, all
1: right. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. (laughs)
0: Say in 1999, what's
1: up? (laughs) How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. I'm Stacy, and this is my wonderful husband,
0: Pete. Oh, that is me. (laughs) It is you. So, we're hitting the fast forward button this week. Yeah.
1: Yes. We're heading to the 90s, friends. So, grab your butterfly clips, your chokers, your bottles of surge,
0: or your flannels. Your blades <laughs> or your Doc Martens and settle in. It shouldn't be too hard to find
1: those because
0: the 90s fashion
1: is back.
0: Which is awesome. It is back. I like that.
1: It's really fun, though. Wait, do
0: I sh- oh, do I ship that?
1: Do you- <laughs> stop?
0: <laughs> I ship that
1: <laughs> you ship the 90s fashion. Oh, wait a minute. Back?
0: Wait a minute. I stand that. <laughs> Yeah. Did I get it right, Kean? <laughs> Did I get it right that time? I stand that.
1: Shout out to our nephew Kean, who's <laughs> giving his Uncle Pete a hard time about oh, yeah. not knowing what standing something means.
0: So old.
1: <laughs> it's been really fun shifting to the 90s for a little bit because like that was coming of age time for us. You know, like these things that we cover, at least one of them, was so formative and kind of helped shape. Who we are today, in a way.
0: Yeah. It was interesting to rewatch it as an adult, like re consuming these things that were so new at the time. It know, blew my
1: mind. It, it really open. did.
0: I mean, it was groundbreaking from an entertainment standpoint, but just like personally as well. I'd, I'd never experienced anything quite like it.
1: I have to jump into it. Can I just do it? Do it. It's season one of The Real World.
0: Da, 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 da. I can still hear the intro.
1: Wrong show.
0: This is the true story. True story. Seven strangers (laughs) picked to live in a loft and have their lives taped to find out what happens (laughs) when people stop being polite. Could you get the phone? And start getting real. The real world.
1: Don't act like you didn't watch the real world. (laughs) You're right. My little Eric knees. (laughs) With my butt cut. (laughs) He, when I met him, well, okay, sorry, sidebar, kind of, but we met via AOL chat.
0: AOL instant messenger, AIM. AIM in
1: 1998, because I was talking to his roommate, and he, (laughs) what, you saw my picture? Yeah. And you just kind of butt in on that conversation.
0: I can't remember how it shifted oh, over. He
1: threw, he threw all of his modeling pictures at me, <laughs> won me over right away.
0: I don't know how I got those digitized. I must have scanned them in or something. You have I feel to like have. I scanned in because I had like a couple headshots, which honestly, that set were not great. I would say the big ones, the proofs or whatever they are, yeah. I can't remember what they were called. The proofs were actually not that bad, but oh, I wasn't aware. They were aware.
1: everything.
0: But, uh, yeah, I liked those a lot better.
1: What about the underwear shots?
0: Those were much later in 98, weren't they?
1: What? No. Those, you won me over with those.
0: Oh, that's right. Sorry, those were in 97. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I went to Atlanta in 97, and that's right. So there was a bunch of proofs from that shot, or from that shoot, I should say, sorry, where... I thought I was going to be able to get as many photos as as I wanted for free from this photographer because it was like a trade for an advertisement that he was doing. Uh Like, I didn't get paid, and I didn't have to pay him. But after he had already taken the photos and printed out a couple, he was like, oh, yeah, you got to pay for the rest. Because I'd sent him, like, a list of, like, 13 that I wanted, like, blown up and printed. He's like, oh, yeah, that'll be, like, $785. I'm like, whoa, what? (laughs) So the rest of them were scans of, like proof sheet which were you know like an inch tall
1: <laughs> i remember at one point you sending me a bunch of proofs yeah that was later on i think
0: yeah so the bigger ones that you got were either a printed photo oh, there was
1: one where you're like on a corner street corner and your head is kind of tossed to the that's side. the first
0: photo shoot i ever did
1: got a suit on
0: yeah i bought that suit at abercrombie and fitch and yes, I, that was the first did. time i ever went into debt because i got a abercrombie and fitch Credit card. credit card and bought that <laughs> suit and like some other outfit. They
1: love to prey on the young. Yes. All yeah, those I, walked, credit cards. I
0: walked in and got that credit card straight away, mm-hmm. but I needed it for that photo shoot. So that was like the first set that I did.
1: I mean, that photo shoot essentially is why we're sitting here today. That's right. Because that is the first photo I ever saw of you. It,
0: it sold you on me.
1: It did. I mean, we didn't get married until like 20 years later, but it is what it is.
0: It is what it is. Yeah.
1: Destiny.
0: We'll have to release those at some point.
1: We will, just not the underwear ones.
0: Not the underwear ones. I can release that one that I wasn't happy with. Because I remember when I first got that back, me and my friend Fred went to this like modeling convention. And part of that was you got to do a photo shoot with a professional photographer, if I'm remembering that correct. I might Mm -hmm. be remembering it wrong. I don't know. But I remember I got my headshots back and I pulled the first one out and Fred was there and started laughing at me. (laughs) <laughs> because i looked like a pirate because i had like a big hoop <laughs> big hoop. or not a big but you know a hoop oh, gold earring and like my eye was just like was wrong. your ear
1: pierced really
0: yeah yeah this one um oh, i can, stay, I, I didn't I can feel that. the hole yeah but uh my eye just looked a little weird and this was before photoshop so that's that was it mm-hmm. you know so I think right after that, I saw the photographer and I was complaining about the photos and I I I can remember him being like disappointed that I didn't like them, but I just wasn't happy with, you know, I looked a little weird. Didn't look as cool as I thought I did.
1: So you got to do a reshoot?
0: No, I didn't get to do a reshoot. I had to go with those.
1: You just picked some that you liked.
0: I did. Do you remember, do you you remember those ones where I had like this white chunky sweater and like I had blonde hair, but it was like done how I didn't, I mean, I I don't know if it was a, a sweater like that, but.
1: Sorry, any Vanderpump Rules fans out there?
0: <laughs> My hair was done oddly. It's when it was bleach blonde.
1: <laughs> no, and I didn't see those because you hair, never saw those. Your hair was not bleach blonde in those photos. It was like normal looking.
0: No, in definitely in the suit shot. Same hair, same day, same shot.
1: I think maybe it was the sepia tone of the photo. It
0: could have been the sepia tone <laughs> of the photo. But I'll, I'll have to he find didn't those. You
1: couldn't tell that it was bleach blonde. <laughs>
0: well, and it was like back, you know, so you couldn't, yeah. you could probably see my roots, <laughs> which were not blonde.
1: Your roots are showing
0: <laughs> my roots.
1: All right. All right. We got to well, get back on track. Wow. Wow. Anyway, Side when bar. we first met though on via, via AIM and he told me that he was a model from New York. I thought New York City, but it was actually. <laughs> you know, the country. I'm from the country of
0: New
1: York, yes. I I didn't know there was such a thing at the time.
0: Still an amazing part of New York. Yeah. Just not not New York City.
1: I'm just saying at the time, I thought the only New York was New York City. Right. And so he's telling me six years after I've watched this show where I fell in love with a model on the television from New York and he kind of looked like him.
0: I was like, well, I looked a little better than Eric Neese. I'm a little bit more classic looking.
1: I agree with you.
0: I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I look better than Eric Nese. He is a top shelf model.
1: So, real world.
0: Yes, real world. Tell me about it.
1: Real world. I mean, it was seven strangers.
0: Picked to live in a loft.
1: To find out what happens.
0: When people stop being polite.
1: And start getting real. The real world. The real world. True story. (laughs) That's the second season. Oh. (laughs) That was the, I probably, I guess the only season where they didn't say the city. Because I think after that, they would be like, the real world, Los Angeles. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I don't know that for sure. I know later on that's what they did.
0: Because I watched like the first seven seasons, I think. I I just don't remember. Because I actually created an audition tape for (laughs) the real world in... It had to have been ninety-seven or ninety-eight, maybe the summer of ninety-seven or maybe summer of ninety-eight. I can't remember when it was. And One you of those never two sent summers. it in, did you? I never sent it in. You would have been
1: chosen ten thousand percent. I know you would have been.
0: I don't know, especially during that time. I don't know that it was a great audition tape. Uh, my friend Sam taped it for me. Sam was from Scotland, I think. Went to Leeds, but uh, yeah. Did a whole audition tape and then never sent it in.
1: Oh, you should have. But we might have never met.
0: That's right. I I could be Johnny Bananas right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was like 12 or 13 when this came out. Mm -hmm. And I think I was only watching it because my sister, you know, was maybe 20 at the time. And she had it on. Did she? She did.
0: Did she like that first season? Do you know?
1: I think so, because that's... why it it was on I mean I don't know if I watched every episode with her but it was just I I just remember sitting in our living room and watching it on my parents giant tv that had like the wood frames you know the Mm -hmm. one I'm talking about yep and just being mind blown like it was so much of what I had never seen before in my entire life Mm -hmm. and taught me so much and I don't know if Really thinking about everything that I watched as a teenager, I don't know if there was ever anything else that was more formative for me than season one of The Real World.
0: Yeah. And I don't know that I can disagree with that. You know, thinking back to it, I would only see it on the weekends. So I would, you know, occasionally miss some episodes, but I caught them all on replay because they would cycle that through MTV back then. Especially
1: in the beginning years, because it was at the time, you know, the first thing that kind of branched away from, music, just music. Yeah. It's kind of the beginning of the end of music television.
0: Right. So if if you're not familiar, MTV used to just be music, music television mm-hmm. and music news. Right. And you have like Kurt Loder who would be who'd yes. cut in with like the MTV music news thing.
1: I and saw something. Be- sorry to interrupt okay. you. I saw something the other day or not the other day, like, a, I don't know, a few months ago or whatever. And I shared it with my you know, Facebook friends, and everyone's minds were blown because Kurt Loder is like 70-something.
0: Kurt Loder is, has to be that old. It I mean, he was on there in the up, early though. 80s. Or yes, early but today. I
1: never would have thought that he was the same age as my parents, you know? I guess he just seemed younger because living mm. with, in your household with your family, your, right. your parents seem probably way older than they even are. And you see this cool guy on MTV talking about the music you love, and you just don't think about how old they are at the time that they're the same age as your parents, if not older.
0: Yeah. You think about it like I was 10 and my mom was like 30. Right. I'm just like, wow. She she felt so old back then. Now she really is old, but she felt Aww. so... I'm just kidding, mom. It's a joke. You're not old. You're great. But <laughs> your parents... You're, you're right, though. Your parents always seem to be so you know much older than you are at that point. Right. Then you don't really relate that to this person you're watching on television who might have been the exact same age yes. as them at that time. It's it crazy. Is,
1: it is crazy. It really was the first reality show that we knew of. Mm-hmm. There was it, it was like, I guess loosely based on this show that I had never heard of called An American Family mm-hmm. that was in the 70s. In the just 70s. Looked this up, thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. It was like this docu-series on PBS.
0: It was on PBS. Yes. They had the first reality TV show.
1: Yes. And it was a family called The Louds, and it it was meant to, like, chronicle their daily lives. But it ended up that, I guess, the mom and dad decided to get divorced in the really? middle of it. So it ended up kind of shifting into probably something that was a lot more compelling to people, you that's know, crazy. to see this family kind of breaking up.
0: Honestly, I mean, that's kind of what happens, like, today with, like, The Real Housewives.
1: Right. But you know that it is way more produced than it was then.
0: It is way more produced, but I don't think they produce relationship drama between a wife and a husband. Right. I mean, people
1: have definitely gotten divorced and whatnot. Like
0: organically. So I just wonder if like the stress of something like that causes friction and all that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that back in the 70s, the same pattern was happening just from their family being viewed.
1: Right. I used to think Survivor might be the first reality show, but I looked it up and it actually didn't come out until '97. So Real World was was definitely.
0: I mean, for our life, first like
1: series that was a huge success. Yeah. You know, at least I had never even heard of American an American Family. Me either. It's MTV's longest running series. It sadly ended in 2017.
0: I remember how sad you were that it ended.
1: <laughs> I mean, and those I last few seasons on. were pretty questionable. I will say, yeah. I just it was the one show that I never gave up on, except for the San Diego season because I didn't have cable for part of that year. Oh wow! And that was back before you could rewatch things. <laughs> but we'll talk more about that in a bit. Yes, but. Now I think you can watch certain seasons of the, of this new real world on like Facebook Watch or something like that.
0: Oh, they have a, a new version of it.
1: They do. I think they even have one in Atlanta. And I'm like, I would have totally watched that if it was on regular television. I just don't.
0: Facebook have, has a TV channel?
1: Yeah. I I don't know. Want will huh. have to look into it. But
0: yeah.
1: the real world also has like the spinoffs, you know, which challenge is something that we still watch today. Yeah,
0: I love the challenge.
1: And, you know, it started in actually road rules started in 95 okay, and ran until 2007. But in 98 is when the challenge started.
0: How did they do road rules? Because I I honestly never watched road rules. Was that like people from the real world? No,
1: it was like the real world in a Winnebago. Okay. Traveling across the country. And then they would do challenges and things like that. Kind of like how the challenges. Yeah. But I don't remember all the specifics because it's definitely not, that's not one that I've rewatched a lot. But mm-hmm. in 98, it shifted to the challenge. Well, Road Rules ran until 2007, but 98, the challenge started.
0: Well, I remember it being called Real World Road, Road Rules, Rules challenge, challenge in the beginning. I was like, what is this? Yes. And I never watched the beginning of it.
1: And it would bring on contestants, both from the real world and Road Rules, yeah. and they would live together in a house, compete for money. yeah. And then once Road Rules ended, I mean, I guess for years, it just kind of continued on as real world contestants coming in. Mm -hmm. And then recently, they've shifted to bringing on contestants from other reality shows. Yeah. And initially, we didn't like that because it was people from like, Are You the One?, and we didn't watch that. That was another MTV show. It was like yeah, a dating show. Yeah, so we're like,
0: who, who are these people?
1: Yeah, and so we were just mad. Because they they would come in and like not have respect for CT or Mark Long from Road Rules. And it was very upsetting. Right. I don't know if Mark Long was on there at the time. But anyway, you know what I'm he saying? He could have been. I don't like when people come in to a show that has all these veterans.
0: They're very brash. And
1: they're disrespectful. Like, yes. you need to understand...
0: You need to know you your place. You need to place. know your role. <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, on a reality TV show. You know nobody likes you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they started adding in people from Big Brother, which we love. Yeah. From Love Island, UK.
0: Come on, mate.
1: Oh, it was so lush to that's, have them on.
0: That's lush. What's Annette? the crack? It's <laughs> a <the> crack, it.
1: <laughs> anyway, but it was really fun to have those people come on. And yeah, the challenge has still remained interesting, even without having the continual addition of new real-world contestants come on.
0: Yeah. It's survived do, in spite of it.
1: It has. I just miss the real world, and I wish they would bring it back.
0: Yeah, yeah it's funny to think about the challenge in five years, you know? With I know. The current like challenge contestants that came from the real world or the road rules, wherever they mm-hmm. came from, they're going to get either tired of doing the show or they can't do it anymore or they're going to be too old. Because right. sometimes it's a taxing show.
1: You know what's funny is when the new contestants come on and they talk about how old Johnny Bananas is or yeah. CT is. Like, like 36. They're like younger than we are.
0: Right. <laughs> I wanted to go on the, so the challenge so bad. Uh, a lot of their challenges are so interesting. They look so fun at times. Some of them are scary. Like, I don't want to eat a snake. I don't. Ew. I don't want to eat any bugs. I don't want any snakes on me. I don't want any bugs on me. And I don't definitely don't want them in my mouth. But- some you're of the other you're
1: not trying to go on Fear Factor.
0: I don't want to be on Fear Factor. <laughs> I would want to hang from the top of a building and see if I can jump through some hoops or something, you know? All that stuff looks like it's so much fun. But I'm so old compared to all of them. I know I would just get smashed, but it's still it still looks like it's so much fun.
1: You would have been great on there. Speaking of Mark Long, I told you, right, that he is yeah, putting like a, together a he met something. with like Bunham Meyer, I think is the name of the company that produced the Real World and mm-hmm. all of that to pitch this idea to have the challenge veterans or like OG. Yeah. And it's only them, only the the old school people that we know and know newbies, maybe not even like bananas and people that continue to still be on the challenge. Just old old school people like, you know, Paula and Rachel and I don't know who else, but you know, Derek and Becky. Becky. I don't know that Becky would Speaking of Becky, <laughs> we should probably get to
0: what we we're actually going to be talking about. This is not an world. episode
1: about Sorry. the challenge.
0: I mean, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so The Real World Season 1 took place in New York City. It was the only one, I'm pretty sure, that all of the cast members actually did have something in common in that, you know, aside from just being a young adult, right? in that they were all struggling artists. And yeah. I think this was maybe why, you know, it was linked to music, television, entertainment, kind yeah, of a way sense. to make it something that people that watch MTV would want to watch because there were musicians, dancers, actors, models, poets, writers, you know, all of this, painters. And so I think they thought that it would really appeal to that audience yeah, or be okay to give it a try. So it was seven people. They moved into a loft and I'm pretty sure that all of them but one
0: stopped being polite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they might have all stopped being polite <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I just hear Heather in that intro. Could you get the phone? <laughs> I think that all of them, aside from one, actually already lived in this, in New York City or close outskirts right. or Jersey or something the like
0: greater that. greater New York City metropolitan area.
1: Right. And then you had one that was, you know, from the south completely new to it all, very innocent.
0: But still an aspiring artist of some kind.
1: Exactly. So let me tell you about these cast members, these roommates. So you had Norman, who was the real world's very first LGBTQ cast member. Mm -hmm. He was an artist, a painter. I mean, he still is. I'm going to refer to people in past tense because this was 30 years ago. Yeah, it's
0: when the show was on.
1: He kind of seemed... More stable to me than a lot of them, even though he wasn't the oldest, actually.
0: He seemed like the adult of the show. Right. But you're right. He wasn't the oldest on, on the show.
1: He was there with his dog, Gouda. Gouda. He actually had a company that was also named Gouda. Yeah. Which is a great cheese, I have to say.
0: It is. We had some <gasps> grilled cheese sandwiches we did last week. We where
1: we used Gouda. No, that was Gruyere. Oh, it was Gruyere. <laughs> <laughs> Gruyere. Was it really? I thought it was. I'm oh, sorry. you're right.
0: It was Gruyere.
1: Actually, though, I did have I did put Gouda on one of your sandwiches oh, last okay. week. It just okay. wasn't that like famous grilled cheese. I gotcha. Anyway, anyway, now I really want one of those. <laughs> yes, he had a company that was named Gouda. He had a dog named Gouda who was what? What?
0: He looked like Brandon Sarah's dog, to be honest. Like a
1: me. Great Dane.
0: It looked like it. I don't know. He what wasn't he was. as
1: big as Atticus though. Atticus Maybe? is huge. Know. Shout out.
0: Yes, shout out Brandon Sarah. Hey, hey, and Atticus. But keep going. I'll look it up.
1: Anyway, I'm just saying I'm pretty sure that this is the only year, the only season that they were allowed to have pets. Yeah. So Norm Norman brought Gouda and then Heather brought her cat Smokey. So you see a lot of little side scenes, like little clips of Gouda like chasing after Smokey. Pretty funny and pretty rare because again, I don't think that ever happened again.
0: I can't remember that happening.
1: Me neither. But anyway. So Norman, I mean, he was a great storyteller. He was always talking and he was pretty laid back and like easy to get along with. I feel like there was only one time that I ever saw him get heated. And when whole... did he get
0: upset? I'm trying to think. Oh, that's right. He was yes. defending
1: Julie yeah. in that mm-hmm. one situation. I that now. He was just kind of like that. Uh, what would you call like a cornerstone in a way?
0: So center sense? of the show,
1: but like a quiet center of a
0: the quiet, show. Yeah. The calming center of the show.
1: Yes. So then there was Becky. All right. Becky was a folk singer. And she even described herself as like the moody one. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just kind of this liberal, struggling folk singer.
0: She's a like a feminist, an artist, yeah, kind of angsty, like
1: yeah. She's like the type that yeah. would have been listening to you know Fiona Apple and Tori Amos and yeah. all of that. I right. mean, I was too, but I was that was later in life, right? I guess that was before that was before those people came into the forefront. I'm sure she enjoyed them later on.
0: I don't I don't know that I can find what kind of dog Gouda was. I don't think sidebar it,
1: I don't think a great Dane.
0: maybe not. He was a big dog. Maybe I whatever can, he was. I can
1: message Norman and ask him. Maybe.
0: Yes, you should do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Becky, though I will say like in re-watching this show, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed her music.
0: Yeah, it was actually pretty good.
1: It was good. i I liked it. like it was along the lines of the stuff that I listened to later on as a teenager. In the late 90s.
0: Yeah. And I, I was a little disappointed when they did like the reunion and, you know, quote unquote, just a bartender, but she hadn't progressed at all in her musical career. So I was at actually a little dis- Yeah.
1: But that was only a year later.
0: That's true. It I have more quickly.
1: information for you. Oh, really? Later on. Oh, wow. It's very I can't interesting. Wait
0: to, I can't wait to hear it.
1: So I think that this was probably the most controversial thing of the season, right? Was that she ended up on a trip to Jamaica that only the girls took, which was also a rarity. That was a rarity.
0: I don't know that it's happened since then.
1: This show aired for like how many years? 20 something, 30 something. I don't know. And I feel like it was the only time that like only the girls would go on a trip. They would normally go on group trips. Mm -hmm. We haven't rewatched season two. So maybe I'm just not remembering all of that. Anyway, they were on a trip to Jamaica. Just Becky, Heather and Julie. And Becky ends up hooking up oh, with the right. one of the, the real world directors.
0: yeah, Who and had amazing Patrick Duffy hair.
1: He had a mullet.
0: Yeah. I mean, a kick a. He
1: did kind of look like Patrick Duffy.
0: He kind of looked like Patrick Duffy.
1: Step by step.
0: Day by day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's right. That is Patrick Duffy, that's on step by step, right?
0: I can see it happening, so yes. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. That is who And that also,
1: is. <laughs> what's his face? Paul something from Mad About You, right? Paul Riser?
0: Paul Riser. Oh, him? did he have like a really like
1: He had a curly mullet? Curly kind
0: of. mullet. Yeah. So this guy Stacy yeah.
1: something. And I remember her because her name was Stacy, but
0: mm-hmm. she had
1: an E in her name.
0: What kind of character did she play on the show?
1: I don't know. Well, <laughs> Stop.
0: Typecast. Probably
1: like a snooty popular girl who gets murdered. I don't
0: know. Oh, whoa. Whoa. That's not where I was going.
1: <laughs> no, but there was a lifetime show with Tori Spelling, I believe. Yeah. Where she plays a cheerleader who gets murdered and her name was Stacy. Name was
0: Stacy. Oh. I, I was typecasting. Kelly you like-
1: Martin from Life Goes On.
0: Life Goes On. Is that Which the one, one
1: with Corky?
0: You told me this recently. I can't remember.
1: And the diabetes gonna go guy?
0: <laughs> diabetes.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you recently, guys know.
0: He just passed away.
1: I know. May he rest in peace.
0: I can see his... Oh, Wilford Brimley. Good job. Thank you.
1: Anyway, that was definitely a sidebar.
0: An interesting sidebar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about?
0: You were talking about Becky and the...
1: Oh, director. the Patrick Duffy thing got Patrick us going. Duffy. Yeah. Sent us off into a spiral of nostalgia. So anyway, they hooked up and there was some major fourth wall breakage yeah. going on because he was fired. He
0: got fired. Yeah.
1: Because he fraternized with the cast. Yeah. And you're not supposed to do that. No, no, no. It's a big, big no, 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 no. Part so, of that
0: 30 page contract that they have to sign, as do the directors have to that's sign. That's right.
1: Too. But they specifically say that they go, they're on this trip to meet men and everyone sucks. And so then Becky is just kind of like I've had enough of this. I this guy I I talk to him all the time and I am attracted to him. And it was crazy it
0: to see the dudes that were there. Like the, honestly, the girls don't look that different. You know, like Heather, Becky, the Julie, other Julie. They all look. I mean, they wouldn't be that out of place now. Right, hairstyle wise. Style-wise, maybe. maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit on the hairstyle.
1: Just style. a little, but these dudes—I <laughs> don't <laughs> even know where they would have came from. It so was it's like very entertaining.
0: They were all in like g-strings, speedos, speedos. Yes. Yeah, sorry, not g-strings.
1: Mustaches, speedos. mullets, mustaches,
0: mullets. They like- just
1: hadn't. Hadn't like progressed out of the 80s, I think, at that point.
0: I guess not. It was too early. I just don't. I was just the like, bar,
1: though, on that trip, remember, yeah. it had like the 80s oh, like the glass. glass cubes. Glass you cubes. guys know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that was the big thing with Becky was that she hooked up with this director and it was really funny to see because then all of a sudden he was on the other side of the camera when they got back to the city and he was like,
0: he was super uncomfortable. He
1: couldn't get past it. Like he was looking at the camera being like, I know you and I know you and I know you. And Becky was like, you need to ignore them.
0: Yeah. You just have to be normal right now.
1: Like you just have to act.
0: You know, Patrick Duffy. You need to be normal (laughs) right now, Patrick Duffy
1: anyway just
0: act natural so
1: that was the big thing with becky really i mean i hate to say that because i don't want to just pigeonhole her into her relationship, i mean she had other beats
0: in the show right but that was a that was a, big a, moment. a memorable thing about her there was show,
1: a lot yeah. of breaking the fourth wall in the show which i really liked
0: yeah you know, like, i feel like halfway through later on halfway through the show it started but honestly Once maybe that a, at that point yes. it kind of it, it started happening a little bit more yeah
1: so then there's Kevin, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin was a writer and a poet and a teacher. He's the oldest member of the cast. Mm-hmm. He was 26.
0: Yeah, he said he was almost 30.
1: Yeah, he kept saying <laughs> he was point. pushing 30. Yeah, but he and then was
0: they, they put up on the screen. I get that, He's though.
1: <laughs> you know, when you're like 36 and you're like, oh, I'm pushing 40, yeah. you know? I mean.
0: I feel like I'm pushing 50 right now.
1: Oh, you're only 43.
0: Am I really? I thought I was 42.
1: <laughs> Just
0: kidding. That's a joke. You're
1: three years older than me. Yeah. So. Anyway, not to bring that up again, Yeah, he had a lot of strong opinions and he seemed to get in the most arguments with people.
0: Yes, continually.
1: He did. He had a lot, you know, his opinions about racism was a, that was a big center of the show, you know? So a lot of that came up and a lot of things that opened my mind, you know, things that I just hadn't experienced.
0: Right. Issues that are still coming up today, to be honest. They
1: are. That was one of the biggest things that when we rewatched it, I was like, wow, you know, it's
0: It's like this year.
1: You know, you see a lot of things that have changed dramatically since 1992, and then you see things that have not changed at all. Right. And that, you know, is sad to see.
0: It was sad to see.
1: Anyway, he, you know, like I said, he was the oldest. And he also had a job, his teaching job, I guess, that he had to get up at 5 a.m.
0: Yeah, he had to get up early
1: in the morning. And so there were a lot of arguments, like kind of around people being loud or.
0: Well, he picked a room with smoking. Eric that had like a big wide open window.
1: Right. That it was, was at the
0: top of the wall. It loft. was
1: a silly decision. So, they thought it was the cool room, you it, know? It
0: was. But, it was the coolest room to like not sleep in. Right. It was the worst room to sleep in. There was no window. There was just an opening for a window and no closure from the rest of the law.
1: So a lot of the roommates would always talk about how he was never there. And I honestly think he would just go and sleep at his own place for a long time. Because he had to get up in the morning. And I get that. But, you know, that wasn't something that happened later on. Like later, it was like, oh, everybody has the same job. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this was definitely a unique experience this season. They
0: probably all learned from it.
1: Right. So then there's Andre. Andre who is the lead singer and a guitarist in this band called Rain Dance, which is like an indie rock band. He kind of, when I look at him, I always think he should have been in Blind Melon.
0: Yeah, he could have been in Blind Melon quite easily.
1: Right. Just any of those like 90s indie rock bands.
0: I'll be honest, like back then I found him super annoying because he was not grunge enough. Really, right? I just I didn't. You know like
1: why him. you think that is because you probably saw him how as he really was, and yeah. not in a music video. Not
0: as this character in a music video, right? Right? He wasn't edgy enough. He was just a normal dude. Just like a lot he of these other was people. A really
1: nice dude, but he
0: was a nice. Like rewatching I, it, my opinion completely. Same changed. here. I like him.
1: We talked about this because I feel like rewatching. I noticed Andre and Becky a lot more than I did as a young person watching. Yeah, and I think it's because I have either been exposed to more people like that or am more like them now, you know, than sure. I was as a kid. Like, right. I don't know why. They just kind of faded into the background for me. Granted, he was the one that they, all the roommates kind of described as just being very lazy. He'd stay up really late and then sleep wake late. Up at like 3 p.m. And then he just had this personality that, this vibe that was just really chill. And so yeah. when, like, I think Heather was saying, like, when you're around Andre, like, you just want to, do nothing. <laughs> you just know that this is the time to put all your other worries away and just relax. Right. Like you just you just want to do nothing right now. And that was just his vibe. But I rewatching it like I really liked Andre. I feel like he was a really nice person. Yeah, do. Heather B is another cast member roommate. She was a hip hop Artist and a rapper. Mm-hmm. She had actually already had some success with a group. I read about that she was actually on the Arsenio Hall show. Was like she really? She had had this success, but now she was breaking off as a solo I artist.
0: Because I, I watched Arsenio almost too. every night. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs>
1: it was such a good show. I, <laughs> I wish that Arsenio. would come back.
0: I know. I think it did, and nobody watched it.
1: Oh, I would watch it. I yeah. just didn't know. I missed it. Man. So we see a lot of her like recording her album in the studio and mm-hmm. all of that. Heather will tell you like it is, she's a very honest person, but she is also a really good time. Like some of my favorite moments from this show involve Heather B. Mm-hmm. Like she's just so much fun and makes me laugh even now when I rewatch it. And a lot of her moments were things that I never forgot from yeah. being 12 years old. Not yeah. 40 now. <laughs> I'm 40. 40. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Unscripted moment.
1: If any of you have ever watched Big Mouth, then you might get that.
0: I'm 40.
1: (laughs) I feel like the only person that she ever really had any big conflict with or was annoyed by was Eric because she felt like he was being inauthentic. Okay. Yeah. I could see that, but they ended up working it out in the
0: end. They did. They came together in the end. I feel like they became friends at the very end.
1: They did. So speaking of Eric, oh, Eric Nice.
0: Oh, Eric Nice.
1: We've already talked about him a little bit, but before watching the real world, like I had a few crushes, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Knight from New Kids on the Block, Tony Luca and JC Shazay from the Mickey Mouse Club. Shazay? Shazay. I
0: thought it was Shazez or something.
1: Yeah. People got his name wrong. <laughs> you might also know him from NSYNC. Uh. You know, Corey Haim, people like that I had crushes on. But this was the first time that I saw someone that I found really attractive. Really? Again, sorry, mom. But <laughs> that underwear commercial mm-hmm. that they show him filming.
0: Was that a Calvin Klein one?
1: Uh, I don't think that was Calvin Klein. Oh, okay. That was for a magazine. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I mean, that just definitely turns more pages for me, I guess. There you say. go.
0: Is that that a good way to describe it? I'm not really sure what that means, but turn your page.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean, though. (laughs)
0: No, I don't know what you
1: mean. Oh, come on.
0: Don't get into it. Just leave it.
1: You guys know what I mean. It just blew my mind up a little bit. I was very attracted to Eric Nees. It was the first time that I felt that feeling. So he's kind of, you know, a mixed bag. He's like a little bit douchey. But also like really sensitive and caring. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense when we learn more about him later. But he got really douchey when you think about
0: MTV grind.
1: Well, the reunion special. Yeah. You come back a year later. Now he has found a lot of success springboarded off of this show. Right. Where he is host the host of The Grind, which is like a dance show. It's like a new you know, American man stand kind of show.
0: He'd have on his overalls. And, um,
1: and his berets.
0: And... A, a forward-facing beret <laughs> or backwards beret. Oh, those
1: are like the paper boy hat or page yes. boy hats?
0: Well, the page boy hat, the beret is just the reverse of that, isn't it? Don't you just turn that around for what um, he normally wore?
1: Maybe. Or is it those like Kangal hats?
0: I don't know if, what that word is, but yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kangol?
0: Yeah, the Kangol
1: hats. <gasps> I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> don't make fun of me. So... He hosted The Grind, and then he did a workout video, too, that was also The Grind workout, like a hip-hop workout. Oh, wow. But you could tell a huge difference in Eric when he came back for that reunion because he really-
0: He loved loved him some him at that point. He
1: loved him some him.
0: He's like, I don't want to talk to Julie because, you know, I'm so successful right now, and she's not. I mean, (laughs) that's essentially what he he said. He
1: didn't say that. That's That's, That's what Julie was saying, and he was just like, I've called Julie.
0: No, 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 no. Before that, that's exactly what he said. He said, I didn't didn't want to make anybody
1: feel bad about themselves because he had more success. Right.
0: He didn't say anything about himself. Some people have more success right now than others, essentially, is what he said.
1: Right. It was just disappointing because you kind of grew to love Eric on the show, even though it was a little questionable. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe he's just hot and really loves himself. But then you see a softer side of him. But then the reunion comes and he just is very full of himself. Right. He's like disappointing people that you love and care about now from the show. And you're just like, hmm. It's
0: like he didn't grow at all. He
1: progressed. Regressed, yeah. yeah. Last but not least, there's Julie. Julie. So Julie, I'm going to try real hard not to let my Southern accent come through as I talk Julie. about Julie. She's the youngest. She was 19 at the time. And she's the only one that did not live in New York City already. She's from Alabama. And she's from a very conservative Christian family that does not want her to move out of state. They do not want her to be on TV. They do not want her to go do any of that. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of the epicenter of the show, I feel. It's kind of based around her experiencing all of these characters that she's come into yeah. in this apartment, you know, her loft and This experience of living in this big, scary city where you're trying to make it. She's an aspiring dancer. She talked about being an actor, too, but we really only see the dancing part. She's a good dancer, too.
0: I think so. I don't know anything about the skill of dancing. (laughs) I saw her dancing, (laughs) although I noticed she was behind other people. Timing-wise, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, does that mean she's not a good dancer? I don't know. Um, I don't know if she was in front of them or behind them or if she was on beat, they were off beat. No telling.
1: Well. I always thought it was interesting to see her dancing because I feel like it was it just looked so different from what we saw of her personality. Mm-hmm. So then you see her like stripped down to this little sports bra and short shorty shorts and she's dancing and you're just like, whoa, Julie, <laughs> yeah. you know, like because <laughs> normally she's wearing like bulky sweaters yeah. and mom jeans
0: or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and bulky white tennis shoes. Yeah.
0: What's wrong with wearing <laughs> bulky white tennis shoes, young lady?
1: everything. They're,
0: they're very comfortable.
1: <laughs> they're very grandpa shoes. Oh, my love. Man. I always try to find him cool shoes to wear because he'll sometimes wear these bulky white New Balances and
0: they are Nike, I'll have you know, and I can slip them on and and they're super comfortable. <laughs> so, I'm not sure what you're on about right now, but I don't like it. <laughs> but I'll wear the shoes that you pick out for me. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right, back to Julie.
0: Back to Julie.
1: So, Julie, you know, she's a virgin. She's very innocent and everybody pretty much takes her under her wing under their wings. They do. You know, they all just kind of help her navigate the city and they all want to protect her innocence. Right. Pretty much. And it feels a lot like that editing is making it like Julie's world.
0: Yeah, which they talk about on the reunion. Right. Everybody thought it was just like, basically, this is the Julie and Eric show is what they'd say. Right. But I'd say there was way more focus just on Julie. Like, Eric was in there in the beginning. And then I don't know if he actually got busy with his job. Yeah, he
1: disappeared for a while. I don't know if he disappeared. Go in and out. I think it was all of the people that actually lived there would go in and out.
0: Yeah, except for her. She was always there.
1: (laughs) Because she She didn't have anywhere else to go. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, they they did try to push the Julie Eric relationship, and there was a. I think that Eric kind of had a little crush on her. I think that she thought he was good looking, but yeah. I don't think that that chemistry was really there between them. So but I think that MTV tried to push yeah, that because always on any show they want to push. Yeah, you gotta do that. Will they? Will they? Show
0: without will they? Won't they? Thanks a lot, Hollywood.
1: the thing about julia that was cool was that we're being exposed to things that she's never seen before but also things that a lot of us have never seen before either because we've never seen a reality show we don't know what things are really like out there we're only seeing what hollywood is putting out there not that the show's not edited but you know what i mean you know she was raised a certain way which some of us can relate to Mm -hmm. but we also see that she's very open-minded and accepting of everyone Without even a second thought, which was pretty cool to see, like, her being accepting of Norman, this bisexual man that she has never been exposed to at all. And it was really cool to see her just
0: ask him questions
1: about his life, whatever, but, like, not make it a big deal. She was just it just was what it was. She was
0: just friends with Norman because she liked Norman. Right.
1: And this was in 1992. So it was pretty cool to see because she was very sheltered before that.
0: So in the season, we saw political rallies, homelessness, discussions about abortions, race, sexuality, drug use, you name it. Like it was all jammed in there.
1: Right. And as a preteen, like I had never been exposed to any of that. So it just blew the roof off of my little bubble. I couldn't get enough of it either. I was like, what is this? Exactly. Other world. Yeah. You know, it
0: was was so uh, it just expanded your mind as far as what issues mattered to other people and what could potentially matter to you,
1: right? Such a vast difference from later on when I feel like the real world was just people living in a house. They had to all have the same job and navigate getting to that job in between partying and hooking up and arguing. you know arguing, <laughs> yeah. fighting. You know, right. kind of like Jersey Shore <laughs> later on in life. Exactly. No problem with Jersey Shore though. We love it.
0: I love Jersey Shore. I've always loved it. We are definitely <laughs> GTL.
1: So did you have any favorite moments from when we watched or like just things that you remembered from when you initially watched?
0: So the number one thing that stuck out in my mind was the Julie and Kevin beef. Mm -hmm. Like I remembered parts of that. It was good to rewatch it and see everything that transpired. Like he supposedly threatened her with a candlestick and spit on her, according to her. But according to him, none of that happened. And then they...
1: That was really frustrating that they did not have that on tape.
0: This is a reality show. How did they not catch that on tape?
1: There were massive arguments around this thing that happened that only the two of them supposedly witnessed
0: in a house full of cameras.
1: Right, and then the other roommates had to kind of pick a side they based did. on who they believed. And that maybe was
0: they hard. thought maybe the directors thought it would be more interesting to not to not
1: know what really show. happened.
0: Yeah, and so then to see the interactions between the people
1: that would really suck if we found out that like Kevin never touched a candlestick, kind of thing.
0: That would yeah. Well, I don't know if it would suck. It would be good information. Like, I, I want to know what really happened. Right. It's like well,
1: two... I don't want to be led to believe a certain thing because of a certain yeah. stereotype. I want to know what actually happened.
0: Right. And then they go down to the street.
1: That was really impactful. I still hear Julie in my head saying, it's not a black, white thing. Right. Like, you just... That was so impactful.
0: Yeah, and they're, they're and arguing. That
1: argument is still happening today. It's crazy.
0: It is. Uh, so anyway. that, that, that was the big thing for me as far as what I remembered from the show. I'd forgotten about, like, how controversial Eric's Jovan Musk commercial was.
1: <laughs> yes, where they got undressed.
0: They got undressed. Like, it yep. compared to today, mm-hmm. it's so tame. So tame. But it apparently caused quite an uproar.
1: Oh, it was super controversial at the and, time. And
0: just to see, like, the interactions with, like, him and random either news anchors or talk show hosts about a commercial mm-hmm. where they stripped down to their underwear. Wow. Like, I was just like, wow, I'd completely forgotten that that was a thing. So that was cool to see. Right. I also loved their phone issues yes. because that <laughs> yes. was such- We laughed
1: a lot about that.
0: Oh my gosh, such a thing that it's not an issue now. It's, you never see it on any reality shows. Oh, it's that, so
1: real though.
0: It's funny. They just like take away talent. their phones now. <laughs> it's like, you don't get any phone.
1: Right. You don't get
0: a cell phone. You don't get a landline. It would be funnier to probably give them a landline now and be like, try to remember the phone numbers that you got to
1: call. Yeah. Give them a duck
0: phone. Oh, wait,
1: that's the wrong show.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, wrong (laughs) one. And did you know, side note, the cast had to pay for their own long-distance bills. What? Yeah.
1: No, I didn't know that. Look at you sneaking to get that info. (laughs) What I loved was seeing, like, Julie and Heather sitting at the kitchen counter and Julie pulling out this massive phone book that we all... You the know, yellow from pages. That time, very or the familiar white pages. I'm with. sorry. The white, white pages. pages. Yeah. And they're like looking through and randomly picking people to prank call for them telling people that they're going to they're Jamaica. They're going to Jamaica. You just want to tell people that they go to they're going to Jamaica. And it was really funny too to hear Julie be like, nobody cares. We're going to Jamaica. Who are you going to tell? And I'm (laughs) like, oh, my gosh. Think about now with social media. Like you want to tell people if you're going to the freaking store down the street. Exactly. Much less going to Jamaica. So different.
0: Yeah. I actually got in trouble in college. By doing something similar, I didn't have prank a prank calling. Yes, I did a yes. prank phone calls where, like an idiot, I just started calling people from my dorm room phone, which has an extension attached to it, <laughs> and I would call random other extensions and leave what I classified as funny messages. And like
1: what?
0: I'm not going to talk about what the content <laughs> oh, of the messages
1: were. I leave us hanging like that.
0: Uh, I would just. <laughs> I would describe, uh, how much, no, I'm not even going to talk about it. (laughs) No, No, I can't do it.
1: You have to at least finish that part.
0: It was about poop. (gasps)
1: Ew.
0: Yes, it was super gross. Yeah, ew. Yeah, not fun, (laughs) not funny. Those those people, some of them, I don't know how many, reported me to the dean of students. So I had to go up to his office and (laughs) listen to him read transcripts of the voicemails that I read or that I left. What? And ask, he was asking me to explain myself.
1: He read the transcript back to you? He
0: would read the transcript back to me.
1: Oh my God, that's hilarious.
0: It was actually early on when I first got to college. I, I would say within the first month half. I wish and a half.
1: that you could now read a transcript.
0: Oh, I wish, I in wish his it was voice. There. Yeah. So I got a bunch of demerits and <laughs> I got put on probation, I
1: think, oh, or something like that. Oh, our school.
0: Yeah, that's my funny story about prank calling. Next up would be seeing the basketball teams from that day. Yeah. Like they showed the Knicks playing the Pistons. You get to see Patrick Ewing. uh, You get to see Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Rodman before he was with the Bulls. Wasn't but
1: that because of Eric's dad? He was a ref.
0: Eric's dad NBA? was an NBA ref. Yes. So you got to see that game. And then later on in the show, mm-hmm. Julie and Heather. Um, Heather go to see the Hornets play the Knicks. I was a huge fan of the Hornets. I'm not sure. I think it was just because of the colors of their jersey. I can't remember why I became a fan of the Hornets, but right, I had.
1: Because you're from New York. So Yeah,
0: I should be a Knicks fan. I mean, I'm kind of a Knicks fan. I was a big fan of the Hornets. And I loved Larry Johnson for different reasons, but I loved Larry Johnson and Alonzo <laughs> Mourning. Yes. Uh, and I loved the Hornets. So it was cool to see that back then. Next up would be that stray dog that they found and how... Ugly, cute. Oh, that dog was. I think
1: the name of that episode was like, "He's so cute. He's or he's so he's ugly. He's, he's cute. cute. Yeah, yeah. This
0: this is like a bulge eyed dog. Yeah, maybe I don't know what kind of mix it was, but they so named cute, him Yoda. <laughs> Yoda. He, he always had this big pouty face on with these big bulging mm-hmm. eyes. They eventually they eventually found the owner, which is they great yeah. that they found. We the got owner, to
1: see though. all of that play out. Yeah. Very riveting.
0: Yeah. Lastly, I'd say. How much the show, like we talked about, how much the show expanded my view of the world. And Mm -hmm. it's not like I was a a sheltered child or anything. I just hadn't either thought about, which happens to me a lot, I hadn't thought about or maybe been exposed to some of those particular issues, Mm. be it political. I hadn't thought about anything from a a political standpoint. Right. Well, you were young.
1: You were 15 or 16 years old. I was a
0: couple of years away, but still only a couple of years away from voting. Mm You know, then, then your you, well, you're,
1: times are different now. They are. I'm just saying, like some of our nieces and nephews are, might be that age, and and they are thinking about those things.
0: Yes, I was back then, but we weren't wasn't, exposed to that. I wasn't as tuned into yes. caring about that kind yeah. of thing yet. Mm-hmm. Their lifestyle, seeing the struggle of like working, living, trying to pay bills and stuff like that, was new. It's just like, oh wow, that mm-hmm. that could be hard. Yes, even if you're, you know, a model or you're a a writer, you know, mm-hmm. you still have a struggle. It's like, oh, huh, I better really consider what it is that I'm doing in my life. So those are the big things for me. What about you?
1: I really loved watching like Heather and Julie's relationship grow. It was the epitome of opposites attract. And, you know, just two totally different people that were just drawn to each other. Yeah. And my favorite moments with them, I think, are like when they go roller skating with Norman, which I had this false memory. Yeah. I have to admit where I thought that there was this moment where they were skating and they were singing that CC Peniston song finally it has happened to me. Finally it's happened to me. Yes. <laughs> and I have this image of them like belting that out. I went back to make sure that I didn't miss it because when we re- rewatched it I didn't remember seeing that and I don't see it. It's just music playing over it and then later they're singing um what's that song? Saturday Saturday Love. Mm-hmm. But that's not that song. And so if anybody knows what that's from, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I feel like maybe it was from like a, you know, they, the real world will have like the sh- stuff they didn't show. <laughs> maybe it's from the hat, like yeah. a clip that they didn't originally show right. of them singing it. Or maybe it's a different real world altogether, but it's definitely an MTV moment. But the three of them going roller skating together was still super fun. You talked about the basketball games and Larry Johnson, and there was an episode where Heather is so obsessed with Larry Johnson. And she is just talking about him nonstop to Julie, and they finally go see him and they get to meet him. And Heather is so smooth where she's like... I heard you wanted to meet me. I heard
0: you wanted to meet me. It was Great.
1: so good. And he's like, what? He, <laughs> that really got his attention, though. Mm-hmm. And then they met up with him again after the game. And he he was like, what was that she said to mm-hmm. me? Like, he really wanted to know. And he yeah. was kind of flirty with her. And Julie's like, slip up your number, slip up your number. And she did. And Julie is just so excited for heather when they're leaving that arena yeah they don't even have a ride back to yeah they get <laughs> back stranded somewhere because I they, they were
0: at madison square garden but i think they were at the nets
1: yeah it didn't look like the outside of madison square garden but they missed their bus back to the city but julie is so excited for heather and everybody needs a friend in their life like that
0: yeah absolutely that is
1: going to be so excited for you even if it has nothing to do with them But they know how excited that it would make you. Everybody just needs that. And then there's the classic moment that I will never forget when Julie and Heather are taking Norman's dog, Gouda, for a walk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Gouda's being a little unruly anyway. And then Julie takes off running as they're crossing the street. And Heather's got the leash. (laughs) Gouda takes off running after Julie and Heather just face plants in the middle of the road. Like he
0: drags her. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and she's fine, but it was... Angry,
0: but hilarious. fine. She's physically fine, but angry.
1: It was so good. Okay. Also, I have to talk about this TV that they had. Yes. It was this tiny...
0: How is that the entertainment they tube gave Tube TV. It's probably a 13-inch.
1: Tiny. And it was on one of those rollaway carts that we all know that the teacher would roll in at school. And you knew that was going to be a good day well, some and of when you got know. to watch a video.
0: Kira has probably never seen that before
1: well, okay, in our time, yes, the, back in our day back in our day, when <laughs> teacher would roll in that rollaway cart with the TV and all the VHS tapes piled on the bottom. I mean, even for me as a preschool teacher, i that was one of my favorite days when I got to do that with my kids.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it's because it was a little escape okay. from the norm they had that in their apartment, and they would crowd around that tiny TV to watch stuff together,
0: right. And then there's that one part where Norman comes back yes. and he's so upset because he had set the VCR to record at a certain time and the TV had to be on a certain channel because he wanted to record Star Trek. And he
1: was a, Yeah, he was a big Trekkie. He
0: was a big Trekkie and somebody had done something and the beginning of the show probably it, it sounded like 15, 20 minutes of the, of the show hadn't recorded.
1: I think he asked them to record it for the, for him and they didn't do it. Like, Heather, I remember Heather being like, it wasn't on. It wasn't on. She probably had it on the wrong channel. Okay, they were fighting over it.
0: They were. And so Norman missed out on it. Yes. And probably had the thought of when in the world am I ever going to be able to see this again?
1: Yes, it's so relatable because at the time he thought never, he would never get to right. see that again ever. How would he ever get to see yeah, that unless were, it was a rerun on on the if, same
0: if channel? If, if you got lucky. If you got lucky, lucky and watched a rerun. You didn't
1: miss it. Yeah. yeah
0: Cuz they weren't releasing like box set VHSs yet.
1: Exactly. DVDs
0: weren't really a thing yet. I don't. Yeah, they, they weren't a thing yet.
1: And, you know, Netflix was way far away.
0: It was a, a few <laughs> years away, I'd say. So that that was cool.
1: And just so relatable because like I used to record my ABC soaps yeah. every day and I would <laughs> watch day? them when I got home from school. Wow. I think that was in high school. Mm-hmm. But I have so many VHS tapes just sitting in our attic of like episodes of 90210, which is now like on Hulu or something. And then TV appearances from new kids on the block <laughs> and In Sync that I never thought I'd ever see again because, you know, YouTube wasn't a thing then. And I held on to those and now I still have a hard time letting go of them. Just crazy. I
0: wasn't a big recorder of television things. I, I would occasionally, but I didn't record a lot of stuff.
1: I did. I'm a hoarder of entertainment.
0: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> So I know the answer to a few of these, Mm -hmm. but where are they now from a character standpoint? Or from a cast member standpoint, I should say.
1: Almost 30 years later.
0: 30 years later.
1: I had to look some of them up because... I honestly had only heard of like one of them, mm-hmm. what they were doing now. But Norman went on to be a, like a fashion designer, a filmmaker. He created this thing called the A-Stand, which is like a workstation, kind of like the laptop that I have Yeah. to work, you know, on my laptop, but it has like drink holders and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I, Good on you, Norman. I know. Thank you. It's a great idea, Yeah. especially these days. He has art that has been in the Guggenheim. Wow. And he's worked for Disney. And Nickelodeon on different things. I don't know what, but that's Something. pretty much the information I have.
0: I'm sure it was an episode of you can't do that on television.
1: <laughs> I wish, except that was probably happening at the same time that the real world was airing.
0: What would that dude say or be before, before then? Don't encourage your mother.
1: <laughs> was like a, I just remember them dead. saying, <laughs> I don't know. And then they'd get slimed. He oh. said, I don't know. And the last more said This might
0: have been before you. Do you remember that, like, old drunk dad that would sit in his chair watching TV and he'd tell the kid not to encourage his mother? (sighs)
1: Kind of. But Mm. we'll We'll have to talk about that later. We'll have to revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. So Becky now goes by Rebecca. No, Becky. Oh. From my Instagram research, she appears to be living in New Mexico and she's still working on her music. Okay. All right. So she has an album out that's called Here, H-E-R-E. And hear me out. She says that it's a collaboration with the spirit of John Lennon.
0: With, like, the actual spirit of John Lennon?
1: Yes. Okay. Of the Beatles. All
0: right. Have we listened to it before? Is it on Spotify?
1: We've not listened to it, no. But she says that she and her friends, like, on the website, it says that she and her friends had spent some time with his spirit in 87.
0: In 87, before the show?
1: Yes. And then again in 91. And also, again, before, before the, the show. show. That was when they began their collaboration to make this album that didn't come out for like 10 plus years okay. later. All right. That's basically all I have to tell you about, Becky.
0: Still interesting information. Good.
1: I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. Also, side note, she was actually really good friends with Adam Schleisinger. I think I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. Who was of Fountains of Wayne fame, like, you know, Stacy's mom. Got it going on. She's got it going on. Um, He also wrote, like, That Thing You Do. Okay. And... He's been involved in so many things, but he just passed away in the spring from COVID 19.
0: He died of COVID?
1: He did. And actually, he's in a few episodes or at least one episode of The Real World where they're recording. He's recording with her, like they're collaborating.
0: In like season one? Yes. Oh, wow. I just
1: learned this. I mean, I remember the scene, watching the scene, but I didn't yeah. know that that was him. And then uh-huh. in my research, I realized that they had actually partnered together to record some things.
0: That's so pretty crazy.
1: I know. So then there's Kevin. He has pinned thirteen books. Wow, one of them about the life and death of Tupac Shakur
0: about Tupac, yeah hmm. I He's have to run check that
1: out. I know he's run for Congress three times, but never won. okay. uh he's a critically acclaimed author, poet, political activist, public speaker, and he's been very active in the Black Lives Matter movement, okay. Uh, Andre lives in L.A. with his wife or at least partner. I'm just going by pictures. I think it looks like he has a wedding band on. Sure. But they have this adorable daughter. He's still doing the musician thing. I read that he was in an alt country band. But then the most recent things that he's posted was just solo stuff. So okay. he's just still doing.
0: He's making the, music. The
1: music thing. Heather B. now has a YouTube show called The Happy Hour with Heather B., where she interviews people and makes cocktails, which really? seems super fun. And I need I like to check that. that out stat because I needed a little Heather B in my life. I love Heather B. I do too. And then Eric is actually the most surprising one. And he surprised me years ago because we know him as the guy who was like grinding to hip hop music on MTV and modeling in his boxer briefs. But he's now like very spiritual. He says he's a health and wellness facilitator. He lives in Hawaii with his wife and child. Now, he was on a few seasons of The Challenge, actually, and he even hosted Battle of the Seasons with Mark Long, who we mentioned before. Did he really? He did. They, there was a season was where they hippie? hosted. I think it was. No, he wasn't a hippie there. It was between like, what's his name? Mosley.
0: Oh, Johnny Mosley. Yeah,
1: it was between him and TJ, I think.
0: Oh, I'd forgotten about Johnny They Moseley. had
1: like a year where the two of them hosted. Okay. Um, And then the last season, though, that Eric competed on was when he showed up looking like a completely different person. Very I feel like he you know, had like a hippie hat. He had long hair. He was very zen. Total just opposite of what we knew of Eric, yeah. which is fine. You know, just it was surprising. It was, surprising it was to jarring
0: see. to see him like that.
1: It was. And that in some was some Peeps overalls. What?
0: <laughs> There's some amazing pictures of some of our friends in overalls. So I call them Peeps overalls.
1: Why haven't I seen those photos?
0: You've never seen those photos?
1: Of Peeps? Like Daniel Peoples?
0: I wasn't going to use his full name, but yes, the very same. <laughs> <laughs> we would just call him Peeps. Uh, we can get those from McNair, by the way. He's All got right. those photos.
1: Let's see those. Anyway, he appears. That was in 2004. And he- It
0: is was 2004? Are you serious?
1: to be on that path. Yeah. Wow. It's great. It was just, yeah, very jarring to see because he was just polar opposite of that before.
0: I feel like it was like 2015.
1: (laughs) No, 2004. Isn't that insane?
0: Yeah, that's why. And then Julie
1: is basically off the grid. Like she went back to Alabama after the show. She got married in 98 and had some kids. Yeah. And I couldn't really find anything else about her. But now she did.
0: She did the reunion. She did. They did in in
1: 2014. Yeah. Which only was what, Julie, Heather and Norm? Julie,
0: Heather and Norm.
1: I would like to watch that because I haven't seen that.
0: We have not consumed it yet. And but it's should.
1: sad that the rest of them didn't. That's four of them that didn't do it.
0: Yeah, that sucks. But hey, at least we get the three of them. We'll check it out.
1: Yeah. But apparently she's still friends with the girls and I assume Norman, but.
0: I, I like know. that it was like a legitimate friendship because her and Heather really seem to be like legit friends.
1: I would be so sad if I found out that they weren't friends. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Same here.
1: And I know life happens. Like I'm not still friends with people. Well, and and not really for any particular reason other than just life. You know, I don't still talk to people that I was friends with in 1992. I mean, some of them, yes, but a lot of them not. And I mean, aside from like just seeing their lives on Facebook, it's not somebody that I would just pick up and call, but it doesn't mean I don't care. It's just life Life has happened. It
0: does. Yeah. But
1: it is sad when you like fall in love with a group of people on TV and then find out later that they're not actually friends.
0: It's not a good time.
1: No, I guess that's a wrap on the real world. And it was a pretty long section. It was. But it was so much fun. Such a formative show.
0: Right. Like it meant so much to us. I feel like it's worth spending a lot of time on.
1: It is, and not only that first season, but I mean, I spent how many years later still watching that show as I grew into an adult. Right.
0: I thought about being on it.
1: (laughs) Right. It's a great show, and and I think maybe one of the only ones of reality shows that are out there that didn't tend to get very produced, as far as like, hey, now you go over to this person and say this.
0: Let's you you all go out and go shopping. But make sure you talk about these specific points like that kind of stuff hadn't happened yet on that show. It was like, OK, you guys live in this loft together and let's see what happens.
1: Yes. That's was what very, it felt like. It was a lot more organic. You know, I'm sure it changed over the years, but
0: it might have changed in season two. I don't know. It might have been so well produced in season one that that's what they were doing. I but they hit it so. a lot better. And I don't think so either. Anyway. It felt like people getting real.
1: So tell them what else we watched this week.
0: We watched Dazed and Confused.
1: Yeah, we did.
0: Yeah. This came out in nineteen ninety-three but was set in nineteen
1: seventy-six.
0: Pretty much one of the most important years of all time. I would it say anyways.
1: Because that's when my love was born.
0: That's right. <laughs> so this was directed by Richard Linklater, who's yes. done a lot of stuff. Some a lot. a lot of movies that you love.
1: Yes. Some Be-
0: movies that I like.
1: Before sunset. Or wait, before sunrise?
0: Before Sunrise.
1: Before Sunset.
0: Before Sunset. After
1: Midnight. After Midnight. Yeah.
0: Very interesting movies. All of them very interesting. This is my favorite of his for sure. Yeah. But I mean, you talk about a cast like this one had it. Yeah. Jason London, who plays Pink. You got...
1: I love the London boys. I just have to say yes, they were twins. Do. Jason London was my favorite, though. because they're he twins? In, yeah, Jason and Jeremy.
0: Why is he your favorite?
1: Well, I loved him in Man on the Moon. Oh, okay. With Reese Witherspoon.
0: Okay. I love him. You have my least favorite character, Wiley Wiggins, <laughs> who plays Mitch Kramer,
1: yeah, who the, the will youngster. not
0: stop touching his face.
1: And thanks a lot for pointing that out, because I never really paid attention to that until you pointed it out, and then that was all I could see.
0: I can't stand his acting performance, but it's fine. You got Sasha Jensen as Don Dawson.
1: I knew him from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm.
0: You got Michelle Burke as Jody Kramer. Yes. Rory Cochran as Ron Slater.
1: Who I love from Empire Records. You can
0: catch you later, catch you <laughs> later. <laughs> You got Ben Affleck, who was in it as Fred O'Banion.
1: And Vince Vaughn was actually- he was up for that role. Up for that role. He was almost cast, but they went with Ben, I think, because they thought he was prettier.
0: Do you remember what I told you last night happened to Ben while filming?
1: <gasps> That's right, you did.
0: In that scene, right after he gets the white substance, I don't know if it's milk or paint, dumped on him, he gets all upset, goes across the street, and takes his, like- Spank bat, whatever it is. A paddle? Takes his paddle. (laughs) Spank bat. (laughs) Takes his spank bat. All right. Let's hear him a spank bat. All right. (laughs) He smashes it into the ground. But if you look at that take that's actually on the movie, he breaks his ankle.
1: He does. You see it. He
0: snaps his ankle.
1: Never knew that.
0: Continues going.
1: We will show this. If you go to our Instagram page, we will post this video. Yes,
0: we'll post it. But that's something I learned yesterday. It was crazy. Like Poor guy bashed himself with that
1: kept um, going. What kept a trooper. Going.
0: Yeah. He's, he's, he's a
1: real method actor.
0: That's right. You got uh, Adam Goldberg as Mike Newhouse, who I remember from Saving Private Ryan, actually.
1: Yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff.
0: Yes. Also, Anthony Rapp as Tony Olson, who...
1: Was in Adventures in Babysitting. He was Daryl.
0: Daryl from Adventures in Babysitting. We just yeah. talked
1: about that, how you we didn't did. realize that he yeah. was in Dazed and Confused.
0: We also have Marissa Ribisi... As Cynthia Dunn.
1: Rabisi, any relation to Giovanni? I think so. Yeah?
0: I've never looked it up, though.
1: I love those redheads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you have Sean Andrews as Kevin Pickford, who yep. I don't really remember.
1: He's the one that- What did he do? He had the, did party. He have the he, Well, did, he was going to have the party. He was going to have the
0: party at his house. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I actually read that he didn't get along with a lot of the castmates. I wonder why. And that's what gave someone else a bigger role.
0: We'll talk about that a little yeah. bit. Okay. You got Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser. As Banny O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And in a odd role, in the fact that she really doesn't say anything, you got Mila Jojovich as Michelle Burroughs.
1: Mila. So she, apparently, I read that. Uh, Richard just kind of said that it just didn't gel, so they,
0: really, they, so they cut just out a lot of her lines, cut out her dialogue. That's
1: why she seems very silent.
0: Okay, yeah, all right. You got Joey Lauren Adams, yep. as Simone Kerr, mm-hmm. who's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> I'm not a fan of Joey Lauren Adams, but it's okay.
0: Oh. Can you tell us why?
1: Oh, it's can silly. You share? It's so silly why I don't like her. Who did she date? Vince Vaughn. She
0: dated Vince Vaughn. Yeah, well, I figured. I thought it might be Justin Timberlake, but Vince Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> lines up as she
1: well. also was on a show that i loved called second noah in the 90s where she was with james Marsden, who i also loved at the time
0: did and she treat him poorly yeah well listen just
1: wasn't a fan i don't I mean, like her now either She be a really good actress that it made me not like her there but she go. was also in like chasing amy and all that we'll get to that stuff later on
0: yeah you got parker posey as one of my favorite characters from the yeah, from the movie, she's so good. Darla Marks, who oh, is awesome, Darla. air raid, <laughs> air raid, you freshman. <laughs> <laughs> then you have Dina Martin as Siobhan Wright, who. Yes. What's her relation?
1: I'm pretty certain she's Dean Martin's daughter.
0: Oh, you better own it. Is she or isn't I'm she? I'm gonna say yes. You've been putting that out there
1: because I know I have said that to you many times. Because I'm pretty sure that she was in Swingers with Vince Vaughn and okay. John Favreau. And I used to listen to that commentary pretty often. Yeah. And I'm pretty certain that that is Dean Martin's. Oh,
0: you are dancing around this fire right now. Daughter. Dance into the
1: Sorry fire. if you heard our cat meow. It's
0: fine. No sorries. Go, speak up, kitty fat. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> she wanted to say that, yes, it is Dean Martin's daughter. You're,
0: you're spot on. <laughs> and the star of the show.
1: The star.
0: The big name. Matthew McConaughey, the Matthew McConaughey as David Wooderson. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) So Wooderson was supposed to be a local casting to save money because they didn't have a lot of money for this movie. Almost the entire budget went to music rights and they still didn't get all the songs that they wanted.
1: What a soundtrack this movie had!
0: Fantastic soundtrack. It's It's amazing.
1: amazing. So, it introduced us both, I think, to music that we probably never would have really considered to be something cool. big for us. We
0: wouldn't have liked, We, I would hear it. It's not like I'd never heard it, but I heard my dad playing the CD in his music room.
1: Right. You know? It would be like Kids Today hearing Elvis and just right. being like, oh, and, okay. You know. But
0: you put it in a cool movie. And yes. Like, wow.
1: And it became something for us because we learned this music when we were, you know, I was like, what? Probably 16 or 17 when I first yeah. started really getting into this movie.
0: Absolutely. And hearing
1: these songs. And now when I hear those songs, I think of Dazed and Confused. I don't yeah. think of when they came out in the 70s. Exactly. I think of Dazed and Confused They're like out part in of
0: our childhood. Three. Or not childhood, but our formative it's years. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So McConaughey was, he was hanging out at a local bar. And his friend was a bartender there. They were going there so they could get like discount drinks. <laughs> Good on you. I like that. They hear that there's a casting director there. And He
1: cast, who Sean, he cast? Penn Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: So, McConaughey, I guess, goes up to him, you know, ipso facto. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the job. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what transpired, but...
1: Well, he just put on that McConaughey charm, I'm he sure. He did.
0: And... What they say is almost all of his lines were improvised, which is super I believe impressive. That. What's yeah. funny?
1: We were talking about we that talked about it we during the movie. It. You were like, "I wonder if these are improvised or if it was actually scripted?" Because yeah. it was so good, it just felt like it couldn't have been scripted.
0: It felt really natural. <laughs> felt like either authentic. you're an amazing actor delivering these lines, mm-hmm. or you're coming up with them on the spot. And it's a really, really good acting job. One of the so two.
1: much of this movie, like the script, didn't feel scripted. It felt so real. Most of his movies are like that, though. They're very conversational. They feel very natural.
0: Well, I'll say this. To me, sometimes it's noticeable in his movies that the dialogue is not necessarily scripted, just It's probably like bullet points or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think he probably wants to grab the most authentic take or maybe the first one, because sometimes it's a little stilted and sometimes it's amazing. So it's really like what the best take was, or maybe they're just doing, he's like, I want one take or I'm going to move on.
1: But I feel like he shows a lot of moments that other people would consider to be boring. You know, like little snippets of conversations that are so lackluster, that are so basic, so normal, that typically wouldn't be in a movie script.
0: I was reading that he tried to be the antithesis of a John Hughes movie Mm. where he didn't think high school followed that path that Hughes would give you. You know, he's like, it all felt very normal. And I was just trying to fit in. So it's like his interpretation of what high school and those years were like. Right. Which I, I appreciate. For
1: everyone, Yeah,
0: it is. But it was never quite so dramatic as fast times at Ridgemont High. It was never so dramatic as the breakfast club where somebody's lifting. Or no, I'm thinking of a different. No. Yeah. I mean, he's doing the fist like right at the end. Like that never happened in high school.
1: You don't know that. Maybe I lifted my fist on the football field.
0: You might have. I might have that wrong. But anyways, that's what Richard Linklater was trying to get through, I think, with his movies. I appreciate that. So there's an interesting cameo, quote unquote, in this for Mm -hmm. an actress kind of before she got her start. Right. Renee Zellweger is actually in the movie twice.
1: Yeah. I don't even remember seeing her. No,
0: I never saw her. We'll have to go back. I've watched this
1: movie so many times. Yeah.
0: She's got two spots that she's in it. She was originally considered for the part of Darla <laughs> which so went
1: Oh funny to think about.
0: Yeah, thank goodness it it went to Parker Posey like yeah. she is perfect. I mean, I think
1: Renée could have pulled it off but maybe not at that age.
0: Yeah, and Linklater said Parker was just crazier, which I never saw their auditions. Right. But um yeah, it had to have come across in there that Parker was just crazier. <laughs> There's a couple other actors that were considered for roles. You had Elizabeth Berkley, Mira Sorvino, Ron Livingston from Office Space, which yeah. I love. And Claire Danes, I guess. I don't know. What was she considered for?
1: I feel like it was maybe for the role of the young freshman girl, but uh, they said she was too young. Too
0: young. Yeah. Because
1: this was a while before my so-called life. Well, a couple of years before my so called life. And even then she was like fifteen, or at least her character was fifteen. Yeah, I'm not so so sure she'd be how old young. she was.
0: So the story kind of follows a bunch of teenagers on their last day of school before the summer break starts. They're in Texas.
1: Austin.
0: Austin, Texas. You see you see a bunch of kids doing drugs in school?
1: So crazy to me yeah. how just blatant it is.
0: Right. I didn't see a lot of that in my high school.
1: Oh, me neither. It doesn't mean it didn't go on, but yeah. I didn't witness it.
0: And I guess maybe this was a thing in the 70s, I don't know. If there's any listeners that were high school students in the 70s, let yes. us Or no, I guess the 60s. Is it 60s or 70s? 70s. 70s, yeah, sorry. I guess there's a lot of hazing going on.
1: Right. For us, I only knew of hazing to be something that happened when you are in college and you are pledging a fraternity or sorority and you get inducted. Like that's when you would be hazed. And And even that is like a big deal now. Like that's a big no-no, but I'm sure they still do it. Right. But there have been a lot of...
0: Things have changed since we went to college. Like when I first went to Lee to get into one of the bigger, quote unquote, fraternities there, (laughs) you... There was a lot of paddling that went on. There's right. photos. I've seen photos of people. I know paddling.
1: I was because I considered it because I was friends with a lot of the frat guys at the school and, yeah. and a few of my friends that were pledging to be in sororities, but I didn't want to go through all that. So right. I just was like, no, thanks.
0: I mean, so this was like a introduction to high school thing. It's like, yeah, OK, you're, you're in eighth, eighth grade grade. I can't imagine
1: doing that as an eighth grader, such a baby.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: There's like a whole thing where the senior guys are waiting for these eighth grade, soon to be freshman boys in middle school. They're waiting outside the classroom, speaking over this. Yelling at them. Yeah, like a loudspeaker or whatever. And the teacher's just laughing and they end up like chasing them so that they can get them, you know, after school. Well, my senior class, we had a class night video. Class night is for us was a thing where you would dress in formal wear and you're like escorted by a person in your class. And then they pick like superlatives.
0: What's a superlative?
1: Like most popular oh, okay. or best yeah. dress. Gotcha. Or whatever. It's kind of a, an awards night in a way, I guess. Yeah. But they would, we would have a class night video where you would show like a slideshow of pictures over the years. But then there were a few skits. And one of the skits that several of my friends did for the class night video was like a reenactment of this scene from Dazed and Confused. And I tried, I put it out there on my like Facebook group with the class of 98 to see if anybody had a digitized version. And that's how old I am that we don't have a digitized version of our class night video, but it was on VHS. And I know it's in our attic somewhere. Maybe we'll find it when we pull down Christmas decor. I don't know. Um, We would still need to digitize it to share it, but it's pretty funny and it goes all the way up until like when they chase them into the house and then the mom comes out and, you know, as a redhead mom and like one of our redhead friends, Jennifer Bailey ran out of the house, like chasing them off and
0: with a shotgun.
1: I don't know for sure if she was holding a shotgun, but I feel like maybe, I don't know. It was the nineties. It's
0: not, it could have been. It was
1: 1998. But I always think of that, like our class, like at least our group of friends in our class were obsessed with that movie. And so it was pretty perfect. It kind of depicted our year for us, you know. But it also made me think about like them chasing people around because these young kids were driving this car around and then the seniors were chasing them around. Yeah. Being chased. Were you ever chased like that as a teenager?
0: No, I don't believe so.
1: Like I feel like people would not get away with driving like that. No,
0: they were driving like maniacs, like burnouts in front of where the police officers were. Right. Big time, like. You don't do that nowadays.
1: Yes. Well, it or you made don't me do that in the last of, 20 years. This was only in like a confined neighborhood, but we had these huge pep rally wars, right? When I was in high school. And for the longest time, it was between us and the class above us, right? The class of 97. We mm-hmm. had a major rivalry with them, more so than anyone else that we had had one with. But then once they moved on, it's kind of us with the younger groups. And so when we were seniors, We were having this pep rally party where we would be getting together and making like posters and signs and things like that for the pep rally the next day. We would have like themed things and stuff like that. Anyway, we found out that this younger group of people were in the same neighborhood having a pep rally party. And so somehow our group of people ended up trying to... Egg
0: this house. You're wow. going to frozen rope somebody?
1: <laughs> Mind you, I never held an egg in my hand. I did okay. not throw anything at this house, but I was with this group of people that yeah. some of them were doing that. I don't know if we were rolling the yard at all or we were just yelling stuff.
0: Rolling it the yard was means pretty, throwing toilet paper in their yard. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's crazy if anybody doesn't know what that
0: they means. They may or may not. I don't
1: know. Our yard used to be rolled on a regular basis when my sister was in high school in the 80s, but... I think my parents took down all the trees at some point by the time (laughs) I was in high school. But anyway, so we were having this party and we, you know, that was what was happening. Well, this particular person had an older brother and the older brother was older than we were. So at this point, he was out of high school and he just was kind of intimidating. Okay. Okay. Right. He just had that personality. Like, you don't mess with him.
0: Sure. You come across those people.
1: And you just didn't think that he would be there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. We just didn't think that through. You were
0: just there having a good time. And
1: all of a sudden, he's like ready to defend his house. Yeah. And his sister. And he's chasing us. In his ah. truck.
0: He's in his truck, like chasing you and down? And we're on
1: foot. And we take off running for my friend's house, the safety of her home yeah. in this neighborhood. And I remember falling and I ripped my favorite pair of jeans.
0: Oh, you fell down?
1: I fell and I scraped up my knee. Oh. And it was terrifying. It was so terrifying. Oh, you and we finally play. made it. We closed the garage. It was it was out of a movie because I swear like the garage closed just in time. And he was out there just booming banging on, you know, this metal garage door, and it was so dramatic.
0: I hope he was doing that to be, like, amazingly funny.
1: I think he was just pissed. He might have been. But it
0: it's made be- funnier if he was just messing Watching with Watching
1: that scene where they were chasing them, like, really made me think of that. And I was like, oh my god, that was so terrifying.
0: Another big theme of this movie is, well, not a theme necessarily, but a big plot point is this party that's being planned and the parents finding out about that party.
1: They're leaving to go out of town and the guy shows up with the kegs. Just a little bit early. early.
0: Yeah. he was a little bit early. This dude shows up in a truck with like, I mean, he's got like 15 kegs in the back. I don't know if those were all for this party. <laughs> it's a lot of beer or yeah. if he was dropping off like two kegs. Two kegs makes a lot more sense. But the parents find out and they're like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Party parties canceled totally ruined it. <laughs> also another thing that happens in this movie is cruising
1: Yes, cruising.
0: I'd never seen cruising before. When I first got down to Cleveland in 1996, cruising was huge.
1: Huge down here. I mean, I grew up not far away, like 30 minutes away.
0: So they would cruise the strip is what they would call it. That
1: was around the time that I was, you know, doing that with my friends too.
0: It was probably like a big, like two mile L shaped loop Mm -hmm. where people would just drive around in their cars, hundreds of cars, yeah, possibly thousands of people. Because some cars would have six people in there. Yeah. And you drive around. In it was the
1: best time for like track. meeting people. Yeah. Because that's where you would meet people that didn't go to your school. Yeah. I remember
0: that. People would pull over. There was like designated parking lots where you'd hang out. We'd okay. go to
1: the Dairy Queen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, in Cleveland, it wasn't the Dairy Queen. I'm trying to think of where it was. I can't remember because I only cruised once.
1: Was it like the blockbuster video?
0: That was a super huge parking lot. I feel like so in would college, when I came probably here was. to go to
1: college, I feel like people hung out in that parking lot a lot.
0: That was a big parking lot. But so that was in
1: 98. so That was
0: know. part of the strip, though, as far as like cruising the strip. That was mm-hmm. on the turn. So you would come up to that road. You turn left right there. Yeah. So if you wanted to turn in there, you could. Mm -hmm. So cruising was a big thing in this movie. And in Cleveland, Tennessee, back then it was a big thing as well. It's actually stopped now. I don't know how it stopped, but there was a point in the two thousands when it stopped.
1: It was a time where for me where I might have been like shy talking to guys or whatever in school. Yeah. Aside from like my group of friends. But when you were cruising,
0: just like open your, you're like
1: yelling out the window at people, banging on the
0: side of the car.
1: Cute guys would go by, and they would see you, and then they would follow you wherever you were going. And it wasn't scary, you know. It was a different time. It was like, oh, everybody was just out to like meet people.
0: It was, like it was like
1: social media, you know, because it was before it was the social precursor. media. It was
0: right before MySpace.
1: Yeah, it was when it stopped
0: well, several anyways. years
1: before MySpace. Yeah,
0: yeah, just a couple of years. anyway.
1: When did MySpace start?
0: I feel like MySpace was like 1998. What? But, uh, I'm gonna have that wrong and get called out. And I don't really know.
1: Look it up.
0: I'm looking it up right now.
1: Because I was, I didn't get on MySpace until I was in Florida. All right. And so I didn't move there till 2002.
0: You're absolutely right.
1: <laughs>
0: when I say 1998, what do I actually mean?
1: 2004.
0: Oh, you're so close. Oh. 2005.
1: Ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it says MySpace only existed from 2005 to 2009.
1: Crazy, right? Well, That's then Facebook crazy. came in.
0: All right, anyways, also of note in this movie were the pool halls. Like, these were like the precursors to, which, I mean, actually don't really exist now, arcades. So what you'd see in this movie was pool tables, Mm -hmm. foosball, pinball, and a bar. It was like all these random games you well, could play. Well, we
1: went somewhere like that in Nashville for my birthday last year. What was that? That's that
0: like HQ, a that's R&D. a Renaissance of that.
1: It is a Renaissance of it's,
0: it. it. It's come back. But it went yes, away for so yes. long.
1: I'm saying though, there are places like that. But there it's are because places now. They're trying to be nostalgic. They're trying to be nostalgic and <laughs> yeah. retro. Right? Nothing wrong with that.
0: Nothing. Absolutely nothing <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I used to go to pool halls with my dad. But it was more of like a focused pool hall where there wasn't a whole bunch of games going on. It was pretty much just pool.
1: Isn't like CBC like that? Yeah, so CBC. Chattanooga?
0: Chattanooga Billiards Club. Pool, video games. I don't know that has like foosball and stuff like that. It's pretty much pool and video games. But you're right though, like the places in in Nashville Mm -hmm. that are bringing that back are a lot of fun. Yeah. I went there and I started playing Burger Time and then I bought a a Burger Time
1: And now we have Burger Time upstairs in our bonus room. It's
0: amazingly fun. (laughs) If you like Burger Time, get the arcade one-up Burger Time cabinet.
1: Ask for it for Christmas.
0: Ask for it for Christmas. Put it on your list. Circle it in your catalog. Also, mailbox bashing. (laughs) I'd completely forgotten about this.
1: Yep. I didn't.
0: Well, here's what I should say. I never actually bash anyone's mailbox. Mm -hmm. I did something that was termed lazy A. I'm not going to say the word. (laughs) So if somebody left their garbage can outside for too long, Mm -hmm. which at this point was two days, you would hit it with your car and you'd lazy A them.
1: Can you imagine someone doing that to us now? I would be
0: so pissed. I would be so upset because the garbage can I have- Is expensive. It's like- $80. $80. This
1: is the difference in being a child and being now, a grown up.
0: I'll grant you. I only did that one time. The garbage can I did it to was one of the cheaper garbage cans, you okay. know, one of those plastic deals. The problem is it was about 10 degrees below zero at that point. <laughs> and I was driving maybe 70 miles an hour. Oh, my God. So when I hit that garbage can, it shattered into a million pieces. The garbage what? can ceased to exist. <gasps>
1: I would love to see that in slow motion.
0: It was amazing. Wow. Quite the adventure as well. Like 15 minutes later, my car broke down and (laughs) had to have the engine replaced because I didn't know about changing oil. So it was quite the experience. Karma. Karma slapped me right in the face.
1: Well, I had my mailbox bashed in. Whoa. Actually, by two friends of mine, it's so funny because we were friends, but one of them, you know, they were a duo and one of them asked me to go to the prom and I turned him down. Ooh. I think because I was just, I was going with my friends and- Well you
0: didn't have a separate date? You are no, just like, nah.
1: No, we went as a group of friends. The guy that I would have wanted to go with had already graduated
0: okay. at the time. Missed out on that chance.
1: That was complicated, but oh, I just was going with friends and that was it. You know, okay. I I didn't, we already had a plan and I considered him to be a friend. I just didn't want to branch out from what we had already planned. And they ended up bashing my mailbox because I- Because you said them. no?
0: I mean, it's, like how they're, do you know it was they're
1: them? good dudes. They're good dudes. They told me. They oh, they told you they later. did? Oh, that's yeah. good.
0: That's good at least. They
1: did. But it was more upsetting just because it upset my parents. I mean, I don't think mailboxes are cheap. I mean that was like a metal little mailbox. It was a yellow and it had a little house painted on it. My oh. mom had picked out probably from Gatlinburg. yeah, and they just bashed it to smithereens.
0: Oh gosh. Well, at that point, like it wasn't that expensive. It was I hope not. it was fine.
1: But they were, I guess he was just upset. He just was like, upset. well, I'm going to go Tell smash me no, mailbox. Smash your mailbox. Maybe there's more to the story, and I pissed him off more than I realized, but I didn't think so. I thought we were on a good page.
0: Then you have what is the culmination of this movie. Yes. The beer bust, which I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. I had to go look it up. It's just a party where beer is the only thing that you drink. So mm-hmm. I no, guess no, I've no participated. Liquor? Yeah, no liquor. I've participated in a beer bust. But they do this at what they call the Moon Tower. I don't know why it's called the Moon Tower, other than the fact that it's a big tower. It's in a big field. It's a, Well, it's in like in the woods, in a yeah. field slash woods. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of the story where my dad told me that he climbed this tower in my hometown that was super high.
1: Yeah.
0: And I always pictured him looking like King Kong, like hanging off the side, <laughs> like beating his chest. Because it's actually like this super tall fire alarm tower, whatever wow. it is. You know, it's got like those big like things on it. It's like. Warrr! And supposedly he climbed it and it was a big thing. Wow. And made me think of that when I see this movie. But yeah, so they've got this crazy big field party and everybody's there crushing beers out of kegs, going along, hanging out, fighting eventually and having a great time.
1: Sounds like a good time. And
0: then the story winds down where the main players go to the football field. They're all just kind of hanging out after their night of partying. The sun is probably about to come up.
1: I can't imagine ever like going back to your school campus when you're just wrecked.
0: I mean, I was there while I was a student and wrecked, but never, you're right. I never went back after the fact.
1: I mean, just like going and laying on your football field, like that you're just asking to get caught, I feel.
0: We would hang out on the soccer field. All right. All right. And it ends with Pink ripping up the contract his coach gave him, saying he's not going to sign it. It's kind
1: of something that happens at the beginning of the film, and then all the way through, you know, some of his friends are trying to remind him and get him to sign it. Yeah,
0: just sign it. It doesn't matter.
1: Saying that he won't party during the summer, basically. Yeah,
0: he's not going to party during the summer, even though they got Led Zeppelin tickets, I think.
1: Yeah, or they're going to get those tickets.
0: Just sign it, bro.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had a contract at our school, too.
0: I don't think I had a contract. You didn't? Well, not at my high school.
1: No, I'm talking about it at college.
0: Oh, at college. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it didn't matter <laughs> at that point.
1: <laughs> I think everybody that goes to lean University I'm sure, has to sign a contract.
0: I'm sure there was a social contract <laughs> that said no prank phone calls <laughs> will be produced from your... It
1: listed a lot home. of things that a lot of people did anyway. <laughs>
0: I know I had to be back in my dorm room before 11.
1: Before 11? I I thought it was midnight. Oh, maybe 11 was during the week.
0: During the week, yes.
1: So funny that we chose to go to a school that had so many rules. So that's it for Dazed and Confused. It was
0: amazing.
1: That was so much fun. Loved it. Typically, at the end of these, we've been discussing toys that we've been collecting from our childhood. But since those are from the 80s, mostly, yeah. I just figured that we would talk about some songs that we really loved from that time during both like The Real World and When Days Think of Views came out, which is like 92, 93. Yeah. And after looking at some lists of songs from that time, it was really hard to pick just one. So what if we just pick one from 92 and one from 93?
0: Yeah, looking through that list, it was actually difficult. So I'm going to go for 92 first. Mine is Jump Jump from Crisscross." <laughs> yes! I love that song. Did you wear your clothes backward? I tried to wear my clothes backward, but I didn't have any baseball jerseys, which I feel or like- overalls. Or overalls, <laughs> which I feel like would have been a really good fit for that look. I yeah, tried to pull yes. it off. And I was just like, wow, this just doesn't work for me. (laughs) But I I listened to that song so much and I loved it. I also bought that tape and would listen to it constantly. What I'd have it on out by the pool and I loved it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then my 93, even though it was released in 92. You're cheating. Is Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, here's the thing about that. I actually didn't come across it in 92. I came across it in 93. Okay. So I feel like it's more applicable to them. It's not my fault it came out before I knew it. True, true. But that song forever changed my musical tastes. Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, will listen to and love 90s grunge. And this was my intro song to it. Yeah. I love how it sounded, and uh, which is typical for me. I had no idea what it was about. I still don't know what it was about. I just love... The sound of the song, the melodies, the harmonies, all of that. But the 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 feel, yeah, the feel of that song has never gone away from me. From that day until now, I can still hear that song and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. When I saw that it was on the list, I figured that that was going to be your choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, for me from '92, I chose "My Love and You're Never Gonna Get It" it by In Vogue. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe one of the first songs Really that whole album That I would sing in my room alone And feel it Really, Like strong female Don't mess with me Just belting it out It was amazing
0: I love that video because Dawn is in it I love Dawn
1: He loves him some Dawn Yeah. Then 93 I'm gonna go with What's Up By Four Non Blondes
0: See I know the name Four Non Blondes you... I don't know the song
1: Well listen to it for a second
0: uh okay. I do know that. Sorry, I just didn't know the name.
1: I knew you would. It should be called "What's Going On." What's going on? But it's called "What's Up." (laughs) I'm just instantly transported back to an eighth-grade dance of mine. With that, we were in the gym. We had our junior high dances during the day. During the day, at the end of the school day, Oh,
0: junior high, I wasn't exposed to junior high dances, so I have no idea.
1: Yeah. So this was like the end of the year and we had like a special video dance Mm -hmm. where they would show the music videos on screen while we were dancing. So for some reason that seemed really special,
0: very progressive,
1: spectacular. And I just remember that a group of my friends all, we would all like wrap our arms around each other in a circle, belting that song <laughs> out at the top of our lungs and just, cause it's not really a song that you would dance to per se. Yeah. And just feeling so happy. And the circle just kept growing and growing as more of our friends would join girls and guys. And, you know, it was the last dance of the summer before starting high school in the fall. And I just love that moment. I don't know. I just always think of it whenever I hear that song.
0: That is amazing. I can see that right now. I can see you all arm in arm, well shoulders in arm, whatever it is.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's empowering.
0: Awesome. Yeah, very empowering. So before we go. Don't we have a few updates or corrections (laughs) from our Halloween episode?
1: We do. Yes. Just a few. So first, I just wanted to say that my mom did confirm that my dad did actually take me to see these movie props that I talked about. It was real? I didn't make it up. Wow. They were filming a movie in that area, like in Dalton, Georgia, and they were actually using the building, one of the buildings that my dad worked in at World Carpets, not Dalton Carpets. I said that wrong. And she said that there was someone starring in it that made it a big deal, but she doesn't remember who it was.
0: We looked it up on IMDb. I couldn't find anything.
1: I thought it might be Samuel L. Jackson because he's from Chattanooga, Mm -hmm. but- I don't think that he had really made it at that point. So I don't know why it would have been exciting. Yeah. I'm not sure who it was.
0: I wanted to update about the Twilight Zone episode. It was actually called A Little Peace and Quiet, and it starred Melinda Dillon, who was the mom in a Christmas story. And most of what I remember was actually true. Yes. It was just her, not, I was actually remembering a original Twilight. Own episode where the guy like drops his watch. He can stop time, but he drops his watch and it breaks and he's kind of stuck. I was confusing that with this episode with the nuclear war and all that kind of stuff.
1: And I also saw that it was actually directed by Wes Craven. That
0: By Wes Craven? Was it really? Oh, it was cool.
1: Yeah. Also, we did confirm this on social media, but we do now know that the other two monster cereals are Yummy Mummy and Fruit Brute. If you didn't see it.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've ever had either of those, but I remember seeing Yummy Mummy. Yes, I don't think I've too. ever seen a box of fruit fruit.
1: When I saw pictures of it, it seemed familiar, but I don't
0: know. And a slight correction. We weren't poor back in the 80s. We were just kid poor. There was a lot of kids. There was a lot of mouths to feed. So my family wasn't poor. Now you were rich with Stop. your cable and your your summer house. We were just normal. Just kid poor because there was a lot of mouths to feed.
1: Come on.
0: that's what we got for this week. We wanted to thank everybody for downloading, subscribing, rating and reviewing us on whatever platform it is that you're listening on.
1: Yeah, it means so much to us. And also, if you really like what you're hearing, it would be really helpful to us if you would share it with your friends and your family.
0: I mean, we're so early in the podcast world. We're
1: just babies.
0: Yeah, we're just babies. and We want to be able to keep it going. It's been super cool to look at the stats like every day. I would say not even every day. We check it multiple times per day to say, oh, what are the download stats? And it's awesome to see that people are listening all over the world.
1: All over the world.
0: I think there was somebody from France that listened.
1: Oh, oui. oui. <laughs> we. <laughs> it's so fun. There's been people from Brazil, Taiwan, India, Turkey, Sweden, Australia, several in the UK and Ireland. Ireland,
0: too. We've gone completely global.
1: We are the
0: world. <laughs>
1: all right take care everybody check back with us on wednesday for our after school special
0: have a good one